Good morning, Northeast. I hope all is well with you on this Sunday morning. I wonder if, as you've journeyed through life, you've ever had a really special friend, someone who's very close to you and you just understand each other and, and really get each other. Uh, perhaps you've experienced the highs and lows of life together, um, laughed and cried. Uh, maybe you have jokes that are really funny to you, but no one else seems to get. When something happens, you always want to contact that person first and tell them the news. And there's always something to talk about, but equally, you're just as happy to sit in silence. Perhaps that friend is someone you met at school or a sporting club. Perhaps it's a neighbour, maybe even a family member, a brother or a sister. But someone who's special and close to you. I have a friend like that. We met in high school many years ago. We were at church together. We went through school together. We played in a soccer team together. Lots of cricket in the, uh, in the street out the front of the house. We went on holidays together, we rode our bikes through the mud, just had lots of fun, spent many hours at the beach. But the most significant thing that we did was that we encouraged each other in our faith in Jesus. And I believe that my faith is more solid today because of that friendship. As we continue our series through Philippians this morning, today's passage is about two people who were very special in Paul's Christian journey. They were important to him and they shared the ups and the downs of his faith. He describes them as co-workers in the gospel. And as he writes about them, he does so from the perspective of joy, which is the underlying theme right through the book of Philippians. The title of today's message is Ministers of Joy. Now we know what joy is, and we're familiar with the word minister as well. Perhaps we hear about a church minister or a government minister, someone who's an ambassador or has a special responsibility for some certain area. And their job is to instruct and inform and promote that area. And they're accountable for that special area. The passage today is almost like a detour. Philippians is written to respond to the question of how we live as a Christian in a non-Christian world or how we share our faith when those around us are hostile to the faith. It was written to answer questions about encouraging each other and strengthening each other through hard times. It reminded the Philippians that they can have joy regardless of the circumstances. So as we've read over the past few weeks and heard about being thankful, about how we should conduct ourselves, about having the attitude of Christ, about being united in purpose and rejoicing in suffering without complaining, we now come across this passage that has a very different focus about these two special people who were co-workers and ministers of joy. Let's read about them now. It's in Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. Remember that he was writing from in jail. 
and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for you all, and is distressed because he heard he is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed he was ill, and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honour people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. There's genuine warmth and fondness in that passage, isn't there? And Paul has very deep regard for both of them. And he said that had Epaphroditus died from his illness, that would have caused Paul sorrow upon sorrow. That really is a very deep connection, isn't it? And yes, there's a lot for us to learn about Christian living, but I love this passage because it reminds us that the people in our life matter as well. Those who minister to us and those to whom we minister, those with whom we do life, those with whom we serve the Lord side by side. It's about teamwork. We're not alone in our service for the Lord, and nor should we be. Even Paul relied on others. We read of Paul's missionary journeys, his personal experiences, the passion with which he served Christ, his desire to spread the good news, his commitment to God, the way in which he faced adversity. But he did it all with the support and the care of others. And it might surprise us to realise that at times Paul needed someone to minister joy to him as well. In verse 19, we read that Paul writes, he might be cheered when he received news of the Philippians. That was Paul's need. He needed to be encouraged and to hear about the Philippians. And what was his expectation of that news? Well, it wasn't the sport report. Philippians beat the Galatians at the discus throwing or the Mediterranean weather report, or births, deaths, and marriages. Now, they're not the things Paul was interested in. He wanted to hear news of how the Philippians were growing in their faith, how they were overcoming their adversity and finding joy in the challenges. I read this quote recently. It says, Joy is how believers who know Christ and whose futures are guaranteed by Christ respond in the context of present difficulties. And I love that. It reminds us that those who don't know God interpret their life through the experiences of the world, while those of us who know God interpret our lives through the eyes of God. And Paul is always urging the Philippians to look at what's happening from the perspective of their faith, through the eyes of God. You see, faithful is grateful for what is and believes that the best is still yet to come. It has an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude. And I wonder this morning, what is it that you're thankful for? A few weeks ago at the church men's group, we were sitting around a bonfire and Ross asked us to share about things that we were grateful for. And it was right at the start of spring. And someone mentioned they just love this time of the year 
when flowers and plants start to bud again after the winter and the smells of the perfume. Another person mentioned that they really love the sound of the birds and the birds just seem to be so much more out and active at this time of the year. Someone else mentioned the beach. Someone else mentioned the sound of kids playing outside again after being locked inside for, uh, for the winter and for the wet weather. But I wonder when we real, uh, if we realised when we were sitting around that fire that evening that we're actually being ministers of joy to one another, just sharing God's goodness and the things that we appreciate about what he does for us. Well, what's the option? We can let the challenges of the world weigh us down. I'm reminded of the character Eeyore in the Winnie the Pooh series, this donkey who's just gloomy and glum and everything is always too hard and too much trouble for him. And while the rest of the characters in the story are having a good time and enjoying the forest and the day around them, Eeyore has his head down, shoulders drooped, just dragging along, complaining and moaning and groaning. The Bible tells us that we are the light of the world. We're a city on the hill. We're going to be noticed. And how can we be appealing to the world if we're ministering doom and gloom? We need something that will attract them to find out more about Jesus. And if we're ministering joy and hope and bright futures, despite what's happening around us, then we can attract others into a relationship with God. But what was special about these two men in this passage? What can we learn from them to help us to be ministers of joy? Well, Timothy is mentioned a number of times in the New Testament. We first hear about him in Acts chapter 16, and then through a lot of other books of the Bible as well. He accompanied Paul on missionary journeys and all sorts of uh, different adventures they had in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. Paul even wrote a couple of letters specially to Timothy, and they're in the New Testament as well. And he's described as a father-son relationship. And Paul said in the passage we read a few moments ago that he has no one else like Timothy that Timothy will show genuine concern for others, that Timothy doesn't look out for his own interests, but look out, looks out for the interests of Jesus Christ. Paul says that Timothy has proved himself, and he's like a son and father, and he's served with Paul in the work of the gospel. Do you know the ability to look after the needs of others is critical if we are going to be ministers of joy? You see, the cry of an unsurrendered heart is always, how is this going to impact me? What will I get out of it? Do I get something in return? Will this fit in with my schedule or my busy life? Is it what I really want to do? And we can opt for the security of a life that looks after our own interests first, rather than risk the life that looks after the interests of Jesus. We can be trapped in our self-interest because they are known and they provide comfort and security. There's a risk in looking out for the interests of Jesus, and that is you don't know where it's going to take you. And that was certainly true for Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus. But here's the challenge. To what extent can you put aside your own interests and show genuine care and concern for others and look out after the interests of Jesus? Because of our human nature that is sinful at heart, I don't believe anyone can claim to have perfected this. But don't let that be an excuse for dialing it down and living a self-focused life. We can't minister joy or anything else to others if we're self-absorbed with our own needs. 
But have you ever thought, what are Jesus' interests? I think the answer is simple. Well, it's you and it's me. It's us. We are the interest of Jesus. That we may come to know God through him and enter into eternity with God. So to what degree did Jesus pursue his interests? The answer to that's fairly simple too. It was all the way to the cross. He suffered and he bled for his interests. Are you prepared to do the same? Are you prepared to bleed for Jesus' interests? To bleed in order to be a minister of joy? We can take a more convenient approach. Do what's at a comfortable level, but nothing beyond that, and avoid any blood, sweat and tears. But not Timothy, who was side by side with Paul as they ministered the good news of Jesus. Timothy was well known then, and the name is even well known now. I wonder how many of us know someone called Timothy. But I bet none of you know someone whose name is Epaphroditus. He's only mentioned twice in the Bible, and both times in Philippians. He's not remembered as one of the greats of the Bible time, the heroes of faith. He didn't have a real name for himself. But he was still vitally important as a messenger, as a true brother, as a co-worker, and as a fellow soldier. So we can see that it's not status or a long-term reputation like Timothy that validates our work for the Lord, but it's simply our willingness to serve wherever we're called. And when we read about Epaphroditus, we see an example of someone who went well beyond his own comfort and convenience. Being described as a soldier certainly indicates there was some kind of a battle that was happening. And Paul says that Epaphroditus almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that the Philippians themselves weren't able to give to Paul. So it wasn't just his own tasks, but Epaphroditus stood in the gap for others. He did whatever it took. Can't you see why Paul gives him such a big rap? Simply, what is it about both of these people that leads Paul to commend them so much? It wasn't their skills, it wasn't their achievements and abilities, but simply their willingness to look beyond their own needs and give their all for the work of the gospel. And if we're to be ministers of joy, we too are called to move beyond a level of comfort and convenience and be prepared to give to others out of genuine concern for them and according to the interests of Jesus. Even be prepared to bleed a little. Church and how we minister to one another has been very different over the past months. But the danger of the COVID restrictions and how we've had to be a little bit creative and innovative is that church has become more convenient. It fits our life better. I admit I speak from experience, but I bet I'm not the only one who's actually paused church on a Sunday morning to finish cooking and bacon and eggs so I can eat while I'm watching the service. And if it's more convenient to watch the service later in the day because there's something else on in the morning, well, we can do that too. I've spoken with a number of people who realise they have more time on Sunday. They can be doing things right up until when church starts and then straight after when it's finished. 
I'm sure those who normally set up and pack up when we have our face-to-face services will appreciate a well-earned break, and certainly they deserve it. But while all this is part of a season, we must be careful to take care that we don't develop an attitude of scheduling our fellowship, our communal worship, and our ministering of joy to one another around the rest of our lives and let our faith slip into one of convenience and comfort. We need to take on the example of Timothy and Epaphroditus and be ministers of joy despite any hardships and difficulties. Ministers of joy where we are genuinely concerned for the needs of others. Ministers of joy who look after the interests of Jesus, always with the goal of bringing them into a relationship with God. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for who you are and for your unending love for us. Father, we thank you for the lives of Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus, people who served you without limit. Father, we thank you for the way in which they ministered joy to people in Bible times and ministering joy to us even now as we read their stories. Father, I pray that we may be challenged to minister joy to one another. And even when it's difficult, even when we have to bleed a little, there will always be people who can draw others closer to you through the joy that you give us. And we ask this in your name. Amen. God bless you for this coming week.